Welcome back to another week of Sunday Rewind with Alec and Molly and my mustache. That's true. He does have a mustache. Alrighty then. <laughs> Let's get right into it. This week, we'll be talking about the Alaska Purchase. Yep, that's right, Alex. So about a um, hundred and actually almost 200 years ago, it was um, October 18th, 1867, when the United States formally took possession of Alaska for $7.2 million. Now, you may think that's not that much, but that's about $126 billion in today's currency. Wow. So they went 200 years ago to a place very far away from the mainland United States and then just bought some land. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, people at the time were like, hmm. why are they buying this land? So it was actually championed by William Henry Seward, who was the Secretary of State under Andrew Johnson. And people made a lot of fun of it. They called it um, Seward's Folly. And they called it Andrew Johnson's Polar Bear Garden. <laughs> Why would they call this polar bear garden? Because it's <laughs> because I guess it was cold and um there were polar bears what? there and they were like, oh Andrew Johnson bought himself a polar bear garden. That's like such a weird way to roast someone. You're like, okay, you know, he bought this the state essentially. It's like, okay, we're gonna roast him because there are some polar bears here. <laughs> Like, that's the best we can do. Not the fact that it's so far away and, like, you know, connected to Canada and all that. <laughs> but the fact that there are polar bears? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. That doesn't make were, any sense. I don't, I don't really know what people were thinking back then. But what I do know, getting in some background here, is that it is about 586,000 square miles. That's about double the size of Texas. Whoa. Yep. So it is a big chunk of land. That's huge. That's yeah, huge. I think people actually definitely underestimate how much land Alaska is. It's about one sixth of America's total land mass is but, just Alaska. What? I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Right, so, that's so <laughs> wild. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen um, an image of Alaska superimposed on um, on the United States, but it pretty much looks like. No, but I don't regularly look at things like that. But um, um, that's, that sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's pretty big uh, that's for sure um so from the russian perspective why they wanted to sell it was that they thought alaska was remote and sparsely populated and hard to defend and um it was around it was the 1860s so um there was a lot of conflict and britain was very powerful at that time very rapidly expanding so russia thought it was more of a liability than an asset so they're just trying to get rid of it basically interesting yeah so the russians sold it to america yeah, so yeah, Andrew Johnson's um And Johnson's Polar Bear Garden. Yeah, his yeah. Yeah. his or, his organization purchased it. And he was the president right after the Civil War. So it was a period of hyper political polarization and conflicting ideals. Mm -hmm. He was the seventeenth president right after um Abraham Lincoln actually. Interesting. So, so the logical thing to do right after the Civil War is is, is just buy a bunch of land yeah. far away. Yeah, no one really that makes knew sense. why. But getting back to Alaska, um, public opinion in Alaska quickly changed in favor of its purchase when, guess what they found there? Um, I'm going to guess, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. I'm going to guess coal. No, they found gold. Gold? Yo. What? In Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? True. They'd be finding gold everywhere in the 18... 
50 18 like 40s to like the 80s everyone's just finding gold everywhere that's crazy so you know i saw a tv show called gold rush and it's in alaska <laughs> that makes sense and i actually now i'm putting two and two together the whole show is just them digging for gold today like they're still doing <laughs> it you know they're just going for gold trying to find these big dudes lots of beards mm -hmm. looking for that gold yeah and I respect that profession, you me, know? Like, yeah, me as well. So, you know, you're out there discovering things and power to you. Yeah. Power to you. I'm sure you're familiar with California's gold rush started in 1849. Of course. Um, of course. But, uh, gold rush. Yeah, exactly. But unlike unlike um, California, Alaska is really sparsely populated. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of areas where, like, they couldn't really, they didn't really know if there was gold there or not. So they're just looking for it and they, they found it. It was actually in Alaska's Kodiak River, and they found it in 1896. And that would slowly result in the process that ended in Alaska's statehood. It became the 49th state in 1959. It came right after Arizona, the 48th state, which ah. was in 1912. And as everyone knows, Arizona is actually the best state in America. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's why it was, it was, it was added on so late. <laughs> like, we just need to save the best for last. You know? Exactly. Get, uh, get Arizona in here, you know. So cool. So many great things in Arizona. <laughs> Lots of sand. Uh, to the listeners, I'm actually from Arizona. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he's from Barrington. <laughs> Barrington, Illinois. I did, I did spend some time in Illinois before that, though. That's true. Um, so today, 25% of America's oil and 50% of its seafood come from Alaska. And yeah, as I said before, it's one sixth of its landmass. Wow. So 50% of its seafood comes from Alaska. Our, our seafood does. Yeah. That's kind of insane. I always assume when I go to a place that they locally just catch it there. Oh yeah. I really. That makes a lot of sense. Assume that <laughs> they have to ship it in from Alaska. One in every two times. Yeah, I mean, when you live in a landlocked state, like where are they going to get seafood from? Like if lake, pond, creek. They don't have big fish in creeks. Salmon live in rivers. Okay, but like I feel like whenever I buy salmon, it's called like wild caught Alaskan sockeye salmon or something. You're buying some pretty bougie salmon then. I think I'm just. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm not speaking to the needs of the people here. <laughs> but, but the salmon's coming from Alaska. So, like, think about that, listeners. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some Alaskan history. So, it's definitely important to note that Alaskan history does not start with America. People have inhabited Alaska since, the, um, since 10,000 BC. They crossed that famous land bridge from Siberia. Um, huh. Many people think that's how people first inhabited the uh, the New World, you know, because life um, has started in Africa and it moved outwards. So they think um, um, life in the Americas started from Siberia on that land bridge. So maybe the first Americans ever, or like by Americans, I mean people who inhabit the Americas, were Alaskans, actually. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. That's actually that's pretty cool. You know, they don't really tell you that. In the history books, you yeah, know, it's because they, uh, they kind of focus more on uh, on like the, the East Coast, you know, yeah, James, Jamestown, all that, yeah. So kind of stuff. I feel like American history often begins with um, America, like the United States of America. That's true, and I do think it's important to note that, like, sometimes that's not necessarily the case. It's incomplete, absolutely. So, in the 1700s, native Siberians reported the existence of a large 
gigantic, just huge landmass across the water. Massive. <laughs> Immense landmass. Gargantuan. Maybe even. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so Russia is in a period of um, restructuring right now. I'm sure you're familiar with Tsar Peter the Great. Uh-huh. Stood at six foot five. Um, responsible for a lot of the modernization and um, some people would say westernization of Europe. That's a, that's a big dude. Was he the one in the Winter Palace? Uh, I think all of the Tsars were in the Winter Palace until the Bolshevik Revolution, actually. Was this the one right before the Bolshevik Re- Revolution? No, that was about 200 years all later. Right. <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah, let's proceed. Okay. Um, okay, so Peter the Great charged the Danish mariner Vitus Bering with exploring the region across the water to Siberia. But the expedition failed. He never found North America because of fog. Fog? (laughs) Yeah. Ah, I knew I hated fog. I didn't know why, but now I do. Uh, My main main man, Vitus, didn't get through. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, fog isn't even a consideration now. You just turn on your fog lights. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine having to come back, Vetus having to come back to Peter the Great, standing at six foot five and being like, yeah, man, we couldn't find America. There's too there's too much fog. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no worries, Vetus. That's fine. Psych. <laughs> Uh, but the one thing the mission did determine is the landmass was not connected to the Russian mainland. And by 1784, Russia made its first colony in Alaska. And um, since American possession, as I said, there was the discovery of gold, oil, and eventually Alaskan statehood. Probably one of the most significant modern pieces of history for Alaska was the Escon, uh, Exxon sorry, Valdez runoff in the Prince William Sound. Yeah, really, really disastrous. Spilled 11 million gallons of crude oil and caused significant damage to marine life. That's horrendous. That's horrendous. Yeah. And on a serious note, in this administration, they're expanding the oil drilling. Yeah, towards towards the Alaska, even up to the Arctic. Yeah, that's disturbing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if they haven't even, I mean, they, it's just a quick look. You can learn a lot from history, honestly. And I think a lot of people should just take a look back and then, you know, learn from pe- previous people's mistakes. Agreed. But getting back to Alaska, only one seventh of that oil was actually recovered. And Exxon was forced to pay a $900 million settlement to the Alaskan government. That's a lot of money. But considering the fact of uh, the repercussions of that, oil spill are still happening to this day like oil is still flowing in the sound um like some like 60 almost 60 years later so i don't even know if 900 million dollars is enough you know i don't think there's a price tag that would solve that problem absolutely yeah you can't really throw money at destroying Mm -hmm. the environment but it's done anyways (laughs) <laughs> exactly um let's get back to some fun stuff <laughs> let's get into some alaskan culture um so you can't talk about alaskan culture without mentioning it's 15 percent native alaskan population and they still participate in traditional activities such as whaling subsistence hunting and fishing now I can tell whaling caught your ear. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I was literally about to ask about whaling. Yep. That's crazy. Yes, yeah. It did catch my ear. 
it's nothing like um, whaling as you imagine it. It's not industrial. It's like done on boats with harpoons. Interesting. So with the harpoon stance, you have you have the boat, you you have your boat, you have the, the harpoon in your in your hand, and mm -hmm. you just kind of just launch it out, or is, yeah. it, is it is it more like a, a like a gun? Do you like shoot it out? Or? So I don't think they use that. They don't use gunpowder when they okay. whale. So they just they just throw it. They just and launch then, that thing, and then the the rope is connected to the boat, and the boat just starts taking off as the whale swims away. Whoa. You just keep throwing harpoons at it till it dies, but it has pretty much no real impact on the ecology of the environment like um i know whaling is illegal in america but mm -hmm. it's legal for these people because they don't they are not wasteful mm -hmm. you know they use every part of the whale they use it for food um and like considering the fact that the oil industry as i said before has a significant hand in alaska i don't think that the uh native alaskan whaling like first first food is going to really have that much of an impact on the yeah, definitely impacts that whale and all those harpoons <laughs> that's for sure in its body you know that, really come back from that one that's uh that whale's not, that having, whale's a good day. not having a great one yeah. you know sometimes whales well whales got sometimes, a lot of power sometimes whales get harpooned yep yeah. <laughs> that's just a fact of life um famous author jack london was drawn to alaska during the gold rush um did he find any gold no did he write but, about finding gold no did he dream about finding gold maybe <laughs> but i'm sure you've read his book call of the wild i was a big fan of that book i think in third grade it's about a dog that gets uh wild no it gets a phone call from oh, the yeah. wild well actually yeah dog kind of does get the phone yeah, call yeah, from the yeah. wild They're like hello dog it's me wild <laughs> we need you out here <laughs> okay movie over again it was 1890 so there wasn't a movie it was a book uh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just directed the entire movie right here. Yeah. You heard it here on uh, Sunday Rewind. Yeah. Call of the Wild film. Yep, coming soon, actually. Uh, expect that for our next episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're moving into video. <laughs> um, but yeah, the official state sport is dog sled racing. The most famous race is, I'm sure you've heard of it, the Iditarod, which began in 1967. Started as a 25-mile race, and to this day, this day, sorry, it is an 1,100-mile race. Wow! Across so Alaska. these these dogs are just just pulling people. Yeah, they're popping off for over a thousand miles in Whoa. a row. Well, they they get to rest. Uh, yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> How does anything run a thousand miles without a rest, man? Uh, I would need I would need like new legs, <laughs> like half of that. No, 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 no. It's not like um like a race race. It's just like a like a it's like a track. They just call it a race. They're like, oh, you know, we're just gonna sled for a long time. It's like you know, why not? <laughs> I mean, it's a race. You just said it wasn't a race. So it's not like a. It's not like it's not like your like typical race where you start and then it's like oh then there's the end. It's oh, like, got you. Okay. It's like you're tuning in like every day. You're like oh my god, is my team winning? It's like the, it's like the Tour de France. Okay. Yeah, it's like the Tour de France. It's a lot yeah. of biking. But instead of biking, it's sitting on a sled while dogs carry you. Well, I'm sure managing a sled dog team is quite. Um, difficult you know the communication is a lot more difficult than communicating with humans they're so right they're uh, you gotta speak dog you gotta bark at them yeah or, interesting or, yeah yeah you gotta really learn how to how to speak the dog language yeah you know i think we learned a lot today about <laughs> about oil oil whales, culture dogs whaling. this has been great
Yeah. Thank you so much, Manu. Absolutely. I really appreciate your knowledge. Absolutely. We are honored today to have our resident Alaska expert, David McCringleberry, with us on the show. David, welcome. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. David. Always great to see your shining face on a Sunday, especially on a Sunday, you know. Like it's a great day for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to shine some light on, on, on the week, basically. It all starts with Sunday, you know. Yep. And Alaska, really. And yeah, Alaska. Alaska. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, yeah, speaking of Alaska, um, our westernmost state, um, you have some knowledge for us, right, David? Uh, I do. Well, yes, I do have some knowledge for you guys, actually. I recently wrote a paper about the purchase of Alaska, and so I'm excited to share my knowledge. That's fantastic. That's so. Let's 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 start some list of like some easy questions. Um, top three things you like about Alaska? Go. Um, the trees and the landslides that produce huge tsunamis and the bears. All right, let's oh. let's let's go back to number two because yeah, <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> had me at landslides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard tsunami landslides. Snuck that I, in there. You, you hooked me. Wow. You hooked me on that. <laughs> Yeah, well, this actually has nothing to do with anything that I researched for my paper. I just watched a YouTube documentary about it in, like, some, it's not necessarily a canyon, it's more like a fjord. There was a landslide, and it created a tsunami within this little fjord that was actually, like, hundreds of meters high because it, like, slapped against a mountain. And it killed lots of people and lots of of trees. Wow. So, So the the fjord, you said. Fjord. The, the Fjord. Okay, sorry. I, I hate to correct our guests, but you know, when there's like such an obvious, you know, grammatical thing wrong in a sentence, I I really have to to, to say something. Yeah, maintain a certain level of professionalism. Yeah, we gotta have some professionalism on yeah. Sunday Rewind. So Fjords are pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so for our listeners, I have looked up what a Fjord is, and it's a long, narrow, deep inlet of sea between high cliffs, and it's actually a Norwegian term norwegian icelandic term interesting Mm -hmm. okay so that's kind of wild that's kind of wild yeah yeah okay so now i'd like to talk about bears we're we're big fans of bears on this podcast what kinds of bears um do we really see in alaska in alaska um you know what this is actually not my area of expertise but if i had to guess i would say grizzlies grizzlies Um, it's Oh. Yeah, those are the scary ones, right? I think so. We talked about black bears before on and this show. Actually, on this particular podcast, we've talked about polar bears because they called Alaska Andrew Johnson's polar bear garden. This is very true. What do you know about polar bears? Are they as cuddly as they look? Can you pet one? Um, they are cuddly from what I know, but if you've ever seen one wet with like it's really <laughs> matted against its skin, I don't think you'd want to get it anywhere near them. No, yeah, it's like a wet dog, you know. It's kind of like, like you stay like stand a little back. Wet, like two thousand pound dog that would eat your face off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 I'm, right. I'm pretty sure polar bears are the world's largest um, land carnivore. And they're about nine feet long. Uh, so. Those obviously are really mammoths, but whatever, you know. Again, why would a woolly mammoth be a carnivore? <laughs> uh, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah, our, our resident history expert doesn't know anything about history or anything, really. Uh, well, we're talking to our resident Alaska expert right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about you, the history expert, not David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> McCringleberry. 
Doctor. Come on, history buff. better than that, like. Doctor David McCringleberry. I have one final question for you, um, and I think it's a pretty powerful one in regards to Alaska. Um, <clears throat> are there any penguins there? Do they have bow ties and tuxedos? And is it anything like Happy Feet the movie where they dance? Okay, that, that's a lot of questions. I know, it's a pretty loaded right, one. So, so number one, um, if I'm not... I could be getting this completely wrong, but I feel like penguins are only in the South Pole. Is that true, or am I making that up? That sounds about right. I think I think you're right, actually. Yeah, whatever and, Alex says, something is probably wrong. Even if there were no penguins, um, and even if there were penguins in Alaska, it's actually a strictly no bow tie state. Um, <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sacrilege of those penguins. <laughs> yes, and, and only only penguins in Antarctica. Antarctica actually dance. Interesting. I've actually heard there are like more tropical penguins live in the beaches of uh, South Africa and things like that. Do they dance? Um, I don't know. Actually, I mean, that's maybe like for a later episode. Perpetual footloose. <laughs> no one can dance. It's really bumming me out right now. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you, David McCringleberry, for this excellent insight on alaska it was fantastic i we hope yeah. to have you back on the show at some point uh Absolutely. we ever talk about alaska again you're gonna be our first call yep yeah thank you thank David. you again yeah mm -hmm. absolutely see you later alligator Thank you for tuning in to another week of Sunday Rewind with Alec and Monty. We hope we could get a little smile on that face on this Sunday. Uh, and we hope to see you next week with a new episode, as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. We love you. That's true.